shows are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Welcome to the Adventures in Tech Podcast. Talking the latest tips and trends in educational technology to innovate and engage your students. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Dan. We are back. Welcome to Adventures in Tech Podcast, episode number 42. Dan, how are we feeling today? Hanging on by a string. Hanging on by a string. Well, Dan, I got something that's going to make your day. It's very exciting. But before I get into what I'm really going to just drop on you without knowing, if you like the content, you like us, help us out by providing feedback and a rating on wherever you download your podcast from. We greatly appreciate your support. All right, Dan, guess what I found you? Where'd you find me? The Pipcorn Sampler <laughs> Pack. Oh, wonderful. Did you know that was from Shark Tank? I did know that was from Shark Tank. So that's going to kind of bleed into, you know, activities we do later in the year with certain social studies units. You, but you know I have more Pipcorn at home. I, you now, told me I wasn't allowed to bring it. Uh, bring it on. Bring it on. So we got to talk about these flavors. You specifically told me not to bring the Pipcorn. No, that's because you were breathing fire that one day, right? <laughs> and you could get subscribed and save. So... All right, you. They have uh, spicy cheddar cheese balls. Have you tried those? I just not the balls. Okay, uh, real cheddar cheese balls, white cheddar cheese balls, sea salt corn dippers. Ooh. Now the one you did have was the spicy cheddar popcorn. Yes. They have Big fan. sea salt popcorn, truffle popcorn. That's a little fancy. Truffle parmesan crunchies, and now they have twists: sea salt, cinnamon sugar, and uh, like. Cheese doodle crunchies, yum! I think that's that is the actual Shark Tank uh, sampler pack. But now you can also build your own bundle. So if you like the spicy stuff, Dan, we we can get you hooked up. We got something to work. Pipsnacks.com. That's Dan's new favorite <laughs> website. It is uh, it is allowed in the district. We're good. <laughs> All right, let's hit the weekly wind up. So we've been talking a lot, and the, the focus this week is going to be Canva. Uh, so Canva, as uh, part of an educator, it is a free account, and we are uh, enamored by what Canva can do and how quickly they are evolving with things, and I'm going to let Dan really talk about the uh, text-to-image generator in a minute, but it's expanding uh, to uh, universities and colleges. Mm-hmm. Now, it's going to be a paid subscription for universities and colleges, but Canva has become the most robust online graphic design platform I think there is right now. Um, I don't think, I mean, Adobe's up there. Adobe is. But it's, I think Canva's just a little bit ahead because they got the docs and the websites, the whiteboards, the data visualization, all of that. And now, uh, you know, which is great for universities, they're, they're seeing all the, the students K-12 utilizing Canva. So now university and colleges are going to be able to utilize it as well. That's awesome. So definitely something, uh, you know, as we move our students through the levels, uh, it's definitely going to work out well uh, for Canva. So, all right, Google Keep, something that we we talk about here and there. Uh, Google Workspace has an update now. Uh, they are now available on the home screen of hmm. Android devices. So just your sticky notes are going to be all over the place is basically what it comes uh, comes down to because they do have the dual pane view, the drag out, and other features for all those Android devices for Google Keep. And now it's a single note widget, and you can pin it and pop it out. And so when you need your uh, Pipcorn recipe, there you, go. you can absolutely <laughs> say what you need for movie night, and it'll give you quick and easy access to those most important notes and lists on your home screen. Or it'll really make it uh, clustered, I guess is the way to put it, uh, if, if you use too many Google Keep notes. So... Uh, lastly, as far as the weekly windup goes, we do have uh, the created spaces in Google Chat, and uh, they're going to be inline and threaded beginning on March 13th. So, Dan, I, have you done the spaces area yet? 
Um, I have. I've played around with it a lot going from my email. So yeah, So going exactly. from Gmail, create your spaces in there. And I, I've played with it a little bit. I think it definitely has a purpose. Um, and I think it could be really handy. Agreed. Um, and basically, you know, for those looking at spaces, it's just another collaborative workspace where mm-hmm. if you're working on a group project, um, it makes it easy to chat with your team and, and share resources straight from your from your Gmail. Um, so it is cool. I definitely recommend people looking at it. Yeah. Um, it's a nice feature. It is. And and I will say I use it quite often. Um, it, I mean, it's a version of text messaging, let's say, but built within the Google platform. Uh, the nice thing is when we talk about space, you can create one, you can add certain people. Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking is grade level teams, department teams, right. same coursework teams. You can have a space labeled as as is, and you're not going to clutter up everybody's text messages back and forth, and it's always there. Now, it's also accessible via your phone and the Gmail app by hitting the spaces at the bottom. Uh, but when you're on a desktop or a laptop and you're actually in your 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 Google Mail, you will see it is the third um, icon down, down, right, in your Gmail. So it's not chat. It's different. It's a space where it's just your collaborative team of who you add. And, and in that, it, it builds a chat network so you can chat back and forth with just the uh, people in that space. So Correct. it saves you from having to do like an f- email back and forth or, yep. or, or something there. So it makes the workflow a little bit easier um so your chat is your first feature you can attach files um from it where you can select any item from your google drive or upload yep um and add those files into the space and then also set tasks yeah Um, yep you set tasks in there and the other thing i like is so let's say you know you're not on your phone for i don't know a while and, and a conversation is taking place but you are busy for whatever reason it then summarizes it for you and then if you want to read, if it's a really long conversation, uh, you can then just get kind of the Cliff Notes version and they'll mm-hmm. summarize what the conversation was about. So you have uh, specific details and a summary of what is the important stuff in the spaces. So if you haven't checked that out, definitely check out spaces. There's no limit to the number of spaces. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it's out and rolling now. It's it's If you want to think about it, it's just a blend um, of what's already there in workspace itself. It's blending your chat, um, you're sharing features in drive yep. and then your, your tasks, um, all into one easy place accessible through your Gmail. Yep. So that's great. All right. So we talked about, uh, we've been doing a lot. Let's talk, uh, classrooms, Dan, because we know we're busy, right. With, with all kinds of things going on. So I know I've got a lot of 3d printing things going on. We've got, uh, some flip, uh, activities happening, coming up. Uh, there's a lot of editing with uh, different videos, and then mm-hmm. we're doing Canva. We're still doing VR, the big PBL project. What else you got going on in classrooms, Dan? Uh, just a lot of what you've been saying. So I've been bouncing around all grade levels, different classrooms, implementing a lot of what we've been talking about and designing over the last few weeks. Right. I'm really trying to create um, experiences for students, kind of harking back to our, our our, our friend from Goshen, uh, John Redeker, yep. talked about creating experiences for students. So blending the physical manipulatives with the collaboration and using things like AR and VR to further explore, doing it in a biology class right now. I'm sure the person who I'm working mm. with will listen to this podcast and they get their yes, shout out. Yes, yes. Um, but really blending and letting the, the students really go on that 5E model of science and exploring the concepts and then 
um, then trying to apply it within a collaborative setting. So we're going to build in a little stop motion animation for them to demonstrate their understanding. So really blending a lot of things together and it's super exciting. Um, Well, our topic today is Canva, but been launching Canva into a lot of classrooms, um, which really is a great addition um, for students to really do some authentic assessment, some performance-based assessment. And then, um, yeah, so that's, I know we'll talk about that too, but that's been filling up a lot of time is implementing Canva. Yeah, so let's jump right into that with with this week's topic because we never delved deep into Canva before. And when we talk about what is Canva, because AI is kind of like taking over the conversation over uh, the past, you know, six to eight weeks. Um, but what is Canva? So Canva is just, you know, it's it's we're going to give you a little like blueprint, you know, to the graphic designs platforms features and the capabilities. But it's a free graphic design platform. It's great for making anything. And as an education uh, a, a holder with an account, you're able to get a free premium account. Mm-hmm. So there are paid, obviously, subscriptions for, you know, for those. Uh, and then obviously, we just talked about the university component. However, it is free for education and EDU users, uh, but you can make anything you want. And the nice thing is when we talk about creating those experiences, we talk about social media, but keeping in a safe space, mm-hmm. Canva gives you those templates or you can start from scratch. There's so many ideas and it's just robust in the way that it continues to evolve and how quickly uh, it, it's really going to uh, help kids kind of put their ideas into paper in a creative fashion, you know, so there's that it's, it's drag and drop. So youngest, youngest learners uh, across districts can use it. Uh, we are using it in fourth grade, but I have no doubt that, you know, uh, first and second graders, even some kindergartners can get used to it. We'll have to get cam on it. Right, Dan. There we go. Uh, Give you it know. A shot. <laughs> um, but it's got, it, it customizes thousands of templates with these drag and drops. And then, you know, it also allows you to edit those photos without that, you know, extensive photo editing knowledge or experience that that you need. But anything, flyers, lesson plans, backgrounds, you name it, um, you upload your own photos. There's so many uh, aspects of Canva that I think we're just starting to scratch the surface. Right. So let's just, um, before we get into the design and what is possible, and thanks yep. for that great overview, um, you do mention Canva is free for educators. Um with your, with your tech departments that can all be installed throughout your domain, yep. um, whether with it's a single sign-on through Google or whatever platform you're using for your, for your sign-ons, it can get all integrated there. And then it also syncs up directly with Google Classroom. So if you wanted to make a template for students to, to fill out, you can create the template and push it out via Google Classroom. Or if students are designing something themselves, they can take what they design and turn it in directly from Canva into Google Classroom. So all those integrations are great. You know, it's looking at all, um, like we talked with Wakelet, you know, building those integrations really make the workflow that much better. And I think that's where where Canva integrations really uh, make it, you know, make it rise to the top in terms of a creative outlet for students is because it becomes so easy for that design aspect, that collaboration aspect. It's another thing, just you can collaborate with a group in Canva. It works pretty seamless, whether you're designing a presentation, you're designing a video or a social media post or a document or whatever it is. Anything, yeah. Um, The collaboration works really well. There's really no hiccups. Everyone can be working on it at the same time, just like a Google Doc. Um, so uh, kudos to Canva for building um, that platform to, to work really well. 
it's amazing how quickly it's evolving for the collaborative space. And I'm wondering if at some point it starts to kind of not mirror, but kind of, you know, cut into the, the LMS's spaces as a one-stop shop. You know, it's got, I don't know if it's going to, and I don't know if it'll ever get to that point, but it seems like they're starting to pivot in that direction with, with the, the integration component. I don't know if they will. Yeah. But. I don't know if it, it, it has the robust, I mean, I don't see it putting in the assessment features or anything True. like that, right. but I think they work hard to do those integrations um, to really make it that platform. Plus they're very easy to work with. They are. Um, you know, they, they did sign an Ed Law 2D agreement. Um, Correct. And so it, it's, it's great that they're protecting student um, information and makes it a great platform that you can utilize for a variety of things. I love just, um, you know, I'll just say I popped into, I was supposed to work with, a, well, I'm not supposed, I did work with a sixth grade class. Yeah. And, you know, I won't get into all the ins and outs of it, but I, I just kind of, you know, came in like a barnstormer and said, we're doing Canva. And the teacher was like, I don't know that. And I'm like, right. good, now we're all going to learn it together with the kids. And after about 10 minutes, the teacher was super excited and the kids were completely engaged in the collaboration aspect yep. of um, just reporting out their research in a, in a way that they had choice. So um, that was that was really fun. That's the nice thing, too, with the choice, because Canva has so many different choices built in. You can give a template if you want to give those strict guidelines, let's mm -hmm. say. But if you say, hey, here, this is Canva. We're going to create the assignment in classroom, log in, and you're all set. Now you have ones that can make presentations or videos or infographics or posters or social media posts, yeah. whatever they want to share their information. It's not a matter of saying, okay, go use this tool for this. Go use this tool for this. It's got everything built in in that regard. So it's it's very nice. I want to touch base upon the uh, the Edlaw. So uh, obviously Edlaw 2D is in New York, but uh, Canva is great, as Dan had mentioned, because uh, they are COPA, which is Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, mm -hmm. uh, uh, compliant as well. That's the federal law, right? So beyond the state that ensures the privacy of personal information online, uh, if a child is uh, under the age of 13, they are protected by that federal law. So that being said, uh, they still need consent. Even if they sign a district uh, or a local uh, agreement, they, you still have a permission slip that, uh, with, with a form uh, that you should send home to families uh, for, you know, for the students to be able to create their account and to use Canva for education uh, they are not going to share that information, but they are still obviously fo following federal law and regulation. So it's a quick, easy form. You store them, uh, you know, mm -hmm. with you know, with uh, with your classroom or or your district, whichever works, and you go from there. And they do provide the parent guardian consent form for you, so it's nothing that you have to be extra and uh, you know and 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 collect or whatever curate. But this is a form that I would put in my wheelhouse for. September back to school or August whenever you go back so that you can automatically have it set for the school year. And, you know, we talk about the student creation, also the teacher creation yeah. in here as well. Um, it really creates a platform for you to design some of your lessons, bring in some of that multimedia into your lessons, whether you're creating graphics or things to go along um, for your teaching. You can really do some great designs in Canva. And then it brings in a lot of different elements into your lesson. So if you're thinking about, you know, that universal design for learning 
and providing multiple means of representations, bringing in images, video, audio into your lesson. Um, Canva is a good place to build that as well for teachers. And that's the nice thing is it can go either way. Student, you know, uh, student work or teacher work. It is optimized for Chromebooks, right? So whether you have a very intensive image-based project, uh, it can be handled on most of those machines with uh, smooth interaction as well. And there's over 250,000 templates available uh, you know, for the different topics uh, for for Canva. Um, the one thing I did want to mention is, Dan, uh, you've been a big proponent and a fan of this. Talk about the AI that is built into Canva. Um, Canva has a few AI options that it's building. Its first one that it launched was its Magic Write. Yep. So it's using that kind of AI chat GPT type thing where you give it a prompt and it'll start generating text for you. Mm -hmm. So you can do that within a document and use its magic, right? So you can use that AI to start creating some things in documents, which can come really handy when you're designing something. Um, what I like is it's text to image generator. Yep. Um, one thing that I've been looking at with teachers is, you know, I introduce it and after you get by the, ooh, that's cool factor, right. like, oh, you know, I can make a pink unicorn riding like a purple manatee <laughs> uh, on eating the moon. Pipcorn. Eating Eating pipcorn. Um, but after you get over that, now you're just bringing in another level of literacy for the students to explore. So mm -hmm. that, that digital literacy, that visual literacy, that creating images to support an understanding gives you a teacher another way to evaluate the understanding of the students. And it's a great place for students to play with language yeah. um, as they're looking to really create something that's unique, that demonstrates an understanding. They can literally see live how the words they choose and the descriptors they choose and how, De what details they put in can change an image. So it's a great way right. if you're looking at um, teaching your students how AI works. Um, it's a great place to play around with as well. So I think that brings it to another level too, because now, you know, you can have the talk to students when they're designing um, and their use of images that say, hey, I don't want you on Google getting images and copying it. They have yeah. to all be original and demonstrate something that leads to the learning. So it, it, it's engaging students on a higher level of thinking instead of that mindless droning of looking for images, looking for images, looking for images. And time consuming. We go back to the sure. efficiency component. It's going to make things a lot easier. So, mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned how, how seamless it was after um, uh, the teacher and the students had never been exposed to Canva before. But teaching how to use Canva can be your first lesson, right? Right. Uh, which is to probably broaden digital skills available to students. We know that uh, for New York State specifically, uh, the digital fluency learning standards are coming out, uh, you know, and, and full implementation by uh, fall of 2024. But Canva is so easy to use. It's going to take very little time for that intro lesson. And then when you let those students play with those options uh, in Canva that are built in, it's going to deeper the learning and then right. the creativity can flourish, you know, mm -hmm. from there. But, you know, templates aside, uh, you know, that's sort of the thing. So we do know uh, if you like it on a personal level as well, um, Canva, you know, the Canva free version gives you certain components. So there's a free version for everybody. Uh, Canva Pro is uh, $119, $120 a year, but it is uh, it is free for the uh, pro uh, the education accounts, and then they have enterprise uh, for all the businesses that use it in their uh, the corporate world. So uh, a lot of good things. You can have up to ten people on one project, uh, you know, for collaboration uh, for the students working together. So whether it's in class, digitally from home, to to create their Canva design. Very cool. 
All right, so uh, let's talk about, you know, just uh, some great templates. Our good old friend Matt, Matt Miller, has 20 Canva templates to use in class tomorrow. So, Matt, always sharing things out, uh, you know, Matt with Ditch That Textbooks. And we did put out Matt's next book cover. Yes. It looks great, it right, uh, for Matt's next book that he is writing on AI. Great, great cover, so keep, uh, you know, keep posted uh, on that. But uh, Matt's uh, Carly Mora, which is uh, another uh, teacher, uh, and friend of Matt's, and she's part of the Ditch That Textbook team, shared a bunch of different uh, Canva-free templates on the Ditch That Textbook blog. So um, you can always work inside of Canva. That's and, one. And I do want to point out the great thing about Canva is we're talking about the integrations as well. So when you sign in, you can you can connect to your Google Drive. Yep. So whether you're doing a cam- uh, 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 building slides in Canva or you're doing a document or, or whatever it is, um, once you're done, you can download that to your drive. So say if it's a Canva presentation, it's going to mm-hmm. go into your drive as a slide presentation. It's not going to go in as Google Slides. It'll right. go in as a, a PPT file. But then you can always open that with Google Slides and the take PB, what you right. did in Canva and put into Google Slides. Um, or you don't even need to do that necessarily. But it, since it's in your drive, you can still share that presentation super easy with right. with your students or anyone else. So. Um, that's something like if you look at the the Canva templates, you can work in Canva on them, or you can take those uh, templates and save them to your drive and open them in Slides or PowerPoint if you want right. to work in it in that way. I think that's fantastic. And then fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> haven't 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 thrown that one out in a while. I don't. I might have, but uh, uh, we'll get a review one. about that. Don't worry. Fantastic. About it. But then you can use Pear Deck. You can, right? So or that's Nearpod, the, too. Right, either one. So once you have it set in that platform, you talk about app smashing or you can use, you can use Slido as well and integrate yep. the, the, the integrations there. Um, it's op- So you really got to just start thinking um, how you're, what you're designing for, who's your audience, and how you want people to interact with it um, in order and how you want right. to deliver what you do. But the creative aspect of Canva really allows for some slick design to really meet the needs of all learners. I say slick because, you know, it is very visually appealing, but it's so easy to integrate different forms of multimedia. Um, Not that it's so easy in slides as well, but it's just another tool in your toolbox. It's nice that they are just playing in the sandbox nicely together, all of these ed tech companies. But uh, so the, some of the templates that they had uh, as, ideas, right? So let's just, you know, go through a a couple of these. Number one, an invoice, right? So have students create an invoice after completing an engineering design project. How much did materials cost? How much was their time worth? Ah. A real world application that'll add mathematics and even more critical thinking to it. I think I see a place for that invoice template. Ah, yes. You see, we're on the same page, Dan. Uh Uh-huh. So you talk about work-based experience, resumes, right? Students can create a resume for themselves at the end of the year to share their skills and accomplishments, share it with next year's teacher, uh, or a storybook character, classmates, star of the week, you know, depending upon your age level, that is another way of doing things. Magazine and book covers, obviously. Uh, brochures, right? We talked yeah. about brochures, you know, uh, flyers, uh, teacher newsletters, student newsletters. Love they that. can write a monthly newsletter. Uh, each group it, can have a different section to write based that, on content area. I'm liking that newsletter. I mean, we we built newsletters using slides. We built them right. using docs. Um, but Canva, I think, would be an enhanced outlet for building those newsletters. Uh, and then 
of course, um, they could be printed off, but you can also have that digital newsletter as well. And then you can insert your, your audio links if your students are podcasting. Look at that. Your math talks, everything goes into that newsletter right there. That's it. The menu. So there are some uh, an awesome selection of menus, different kinds of popcorn perhaps. But you can have your students choose one and write their own math problems for the class. Uh, each week or monthly, students can use one of the menus on the site, collaborate in groups to write math problems for their classmates in a collaborative Google Slide presentation. Your daily math warm-ups are done, and the problems have a real-world application. We keep coming back to that, so there's another thing. Uh, we did this, Dan, we did bookmarks. The bookmarks. That was a good sandbox time to get right. kids used to the design aspect of Canva is we had them just go in. We gave them a bookmark template, which was blank. Yep. Basically, the template just gave the size of exactly. the bookmark. I, exactly. It wasn't, and then they filled it in. Um, that's where we got to teach them about the different features of Canva. Also got them to experiment, use the text to image, use the magic write, use right. all that. And produce bookmarks, and the teachers were super cool that they uh, they printed and laminated yeah. cardstock, print, laminate, done. They don't have to buy any more bookmarks. Um, Librarians rejoice. Um, they do say CD covers. I think it'd be more relevant now. Just say what's like, a CD? Cover? What's a CD? Which you could be cool. <laughs> like let's make a mixtape of uh, the American Revolution. Uh, um, well, they... Hamilton has done that already. But we can. Yeah, there think, you go. Good we, idea, we, though. We right. can think of something. But um, CD covers, or even if you're doing. Um, thumbnails for like a podcaster we've right. done that before yep so we talked about the social graphics obviously uh posters you know and for your classroom maybe inspiring ones uh, you know you don't have to buy them all you know the nice thing is the images are there it's copyright you know free mm -hmm. in that regard and then you can put the quote with whoever said it author sports figure whatever you want and then you can hang them up around your classroom to make it a, a literacy rich environment um, yeah, there's a bunch of templates in there. I will mention something we have not discussed, and I, I'll be honest, I don't have too much experience, but um, one thing that a teacher can do is they have online whiteboards yeah. and online whiteboard um, templates for problem solving, story writing, brainstorming, and more. Um, and they're interactive, so you can present your whiteboard directly from Canva, share a viewable link, or embed it on a website. Or you can even invite others to collaborate on your board. Yeah, and it goes to Jamboard as well. So slides, PowerPoint, you can yes. add it as a background in Jamboard as mm -hmm. well. So, again, that integration uh, is is definitely key. Um, the last one is timelines. Sometimes, you know, they get hung up on timelines with hist history and mm -hmm. historical fiction and, and nonfiction, obviously. But the students can then take a timeline template, modify it for whatever purpose they need, uh, put pictures in easily. It's very adaptable. Uh, biographies, you know, or even for themselves, mark accomplishments over the course of the year, uh, you know, in their life, especially for those youngest learners. It's a great project as well to kind of keep track year after year. So I think we summed it up. Canva is something to definitely explore. I would say, uh, you know, right now, if I had to, it's going to be on my Mount Rushmore. Yeah. You know, right uh, up there for with, now. With Screencastify. You know, exactly. And there are Moat. Some, yeah. And now you know. Conquer. Yeah. There's so many. So that one stays in the middle because Moat and Conquer are the same company. So I don't have to, you know, do two for Mount Rushmore there. You got Google, Canva, uh, you know, Moat and Conquer and Screencastify. And there's your tools. There, there's your tool belt right there. So, right. Uh, Dan, we've been reaching listeners far and wide, so we want to thank everybody. Uh, we'll not call out names uh, out of you know privacy and respect for that, but thank you for our listeners in Ohio recently. We've had a lot of uh, listeners in Ohio who have uh, hit up the sticker request, so That's we thank fun. you for that. Yes. Thank you, Ohio. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, Dan, any final thoughts as we wrap up episode number 42? 
Um, just one thing is go like go as we wrap up and we talked about Cam- Canva. Just go in, start exploring, play find, around, play around, find some opportunities for your students to be creative and see where it leads. Because I guarantee, once you start there, um, yep. you're going to it, it's going to be like a aha moment after aha moment after aha of how you can really incorporate this into anything ela math social studies science i mean it that the possibilities robust absolutely um that whole idea of digital design it's another literacy that we should be helping our students especially with coming down the standards uh, right standards strive for that absolutely I, and again, it, it's gonna it's gonna hit the nail on the head for all content areas. So, but you know, and I just want to go back, like let give your students the control and the creativity. Like, so I said, I threw it on the team. I mean, we had a relationship, sure, yeah, the yeah, teacher yeah. Where, where we both, you know, were doing best for the students. But she was she was just so impressed with how engaged her students were mm-hmm. in the process of turning their writing into something different. Yeah, you know? so. Um, and how much they were having the attention to detail and doing all those writing processes that we talk about teaching all the, the process and applying that into the digital creative space. The um, big thing is, like you said, it's the, the level of engagement versus, okay, I need to report on a, a Google doc mm-hmm. or I got to present a slideshow like the kids' minds are hungry for more information, and utilizing a platform such as Canva is going to uh, prepare them for whatever other projects may come, whether they're the youngest learners or, uh, you know, our graduating seniors, and they may use it in college or right into the, you know, the workforce. It's going to be beneficial for them to have some background knowledge using this, so... All right, that's going to wrap up episode number 42. Once again, thank you for all your support. Listen on all the platforms, leaving those reviews, whether you're in Ohio, China, Japan, Canada. We love you all. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please reach out. Tech hard, work smart, live an adventure. Find Andrew on all socials at A Nicola Tech and Dan at WCSD Tech DR.